Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Inspire AD. We have a special guest. My name is Max Meehan. I am one half of Inspire ownership and have been since the beginning. And across from me is a man that I consider to be a linchpin of Inspire Pro, or at least the face of Inspire Pro, um, Matthew Palmer, the centerfold. One of the reasons why I, I dare say I even started the company is because I was so dead set on working with this guy. And ironically, when I began the company, Matt basically told me to go kick rocks. <laughs> That's that's not that's not entirely true. I told you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, yeah. I remember when you actually started Inspire, where you were actually like working on the concept because like you had worked on it for like a year, I think, or so. Because you were actually wanting to like create your themes and know what you wanted to do before you ever had a show, and you were hitting me up, and we were just just talking. Yeah. That's how we became friends, essentially. We just kind of like just talk about theories and ideas and yeah. stuff like about wrestling. I, I, I always got the impression when I talked to you that you you really wanted in the door somewhere creatively, but you had a boot across your neck and weren't really allowed to do a lot of what you wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And like... Across the pond, so to speak, in the other company. Right. <laughs> across, I guess, if there's a pond in Austin, I guess. I don't know the city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in ACW... And I guess we'll just go ahead and start talking about ACW. There's no real format. Um, it's just I was the one of the bookers and on the creative team with Athena uh, for like two months, and I never got a single thing across. I never got anything. But anytime shit went wrong or these wrestlers didn't know what they were doing, Darren and Rachel would just like, "Oh, go talk to Matt." And I was like, "I don't know what's going on. You didn't tell me. You didn't take any of my ideas." Uh, every one of your ideas has already been changed because they were awful. <laughs> so, yeah, it seemed it seemed to me from what I heard a lot of the time, uh, Darren would talk about this creative regime coming in and how he was stepping aside. But then whenever the person tried to book, he was just sitting there with his finger in in the back of the person saying, "Well, no, you got to change this, 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 and this." And oh, absolutely. In in the process, you can't you can't really. You can't really say that someone is a failure or even a success if you don't allow them to actually prove themselves on their own. You can't you can't muddy the water. Right, right. And I, I had thought at that time, and I, I bring all this up because that's why I wanted to do creative stuff at the time because you were hitting me up and we were talking about that yeah. while I was just starting that. And like I think that's one of the main reasons why I didn't actually jump ship to Inspire. Yeah, was because were- like oh I get to actually wrestle and create stories that I never get to do. You were very loyal. Yeah. And that's true. Like ACW was the first place that anyone had ever um like mentioned my name. Like yeah. like I'd wrestle I had wrestled for two years, I think, at that point and lost every single match and was just this hundred and thirty five, hundred and forty five pound jobber. And then I wrestled and I jobbed in this one match and it's the first time anyone in the crowd had ever like chanted my name. And I was like that I don't know, after two years of trying and basically failing at trying to look like a wrestler, trying to be a wrestler, everything, and then when a whole bunch of people start chanting your name finally, it does something to you. It's where it was like, I love this town. I love this company. And Darren was like going out of his way to like be good to me, be kind to me. Yeah, I and I, I like I like to think that I was part of that tide of people that were oh you was chanting it, it was name. it was almost definitely uh, your section, yeah, <laughs> uh, because like you guys are always the most boisterous, um, but also the most supportive when there was somebody like I've had so many bad matches, yeah, but like I never got crap from uh, the jury, yeah, on that side. It was always like love constantly, like Matt, why are you wrestling this bum? And it'd be like Jerry Lynn, <laughs> like, you know, like Jimmy Jacobs, like Matt, stop carrying this guy. And I was like, I'm just, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but like, thanks. We never said that about Jerry Lynn, just to clarify. No, no, I, I, I use that as the uh, as a joke, but like. That's how it was to me. Like, all these guys that I always thought were just so much better. And then the jury would be like, stop carrying them, Matt. It's just like, fuck, what? But I will say, though, fuck Jimmy Jacobs. Um, He's still, still upset about Jimmy Jacobs. Oh, yeah, dude. You know what? When someone calls you a homophobe and uses you, you, you to get over, like, by calling oh, yeah. you a hateful person, I just, I can't play that, you know? Especially, especially from a guy that's been, like, milking gay heat. Since like 2006, 
Yeah. You know. I, I yeah, I suppose I remember I remember being there. Um and I remember Jimmy coming back and was hot. He'd come back in the locker room and was like, hey, fuck those guys and blah 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 blah. And I was I was just like those guys like me, so I'm not really going to support you on this one, Jimmy. I don't know what you did, but fuck you, man. But it's but it did. He actually mentioned our particular section on other podcasts. Yeah. He was he was pretty hot about it, and which it's is like, it blew me away because it's like, isn't this your job? Don't you get shit? You don't get shit anywhere else. Like right, whatever. And like that's crazy because I like Jimmy. I actually like Jimmy. Uh, look, especially Jimmy now, Jimmy. It's like cleaned up and like enjoying uh, his life and not walking around with a giant jar full of pills <laughs> <laughs> i guess I, I don't i never got to see that part sorry i feel like i'm screaming and no, no, you're, no um, you're, you're fine and so like I, he was always like a nice guy always supportive even to this day like every now and then i'll see him he just asked me how i'm doing and i was checking out like doesn't have to yeah and i was like you're a nice guy and so like that one day that one show just like you guys hated him and he hated you guys and i was like you can't just can't just he, ignore that jimmy let's just go to the next day man try to win he, him back over he was actually he actually spit on patrick no kidding which i was really surprised by my god we you should know. have trained patrick how to wrestle then he was oh, getting more heat I think, <laughs> he was I, doing better than we were well you know not to not to make this about us but you have no idea how many times we got followed back to our cars by other fans. Like, people wanted to kill us at times. And I, and I used to say, we're more over as heels than most of the heel wrestlers that Darren booked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I think, true. Yeah. If you can get a wrestler to break character and be pissed off, oh, then that wrestler man. probably doesn't need to be the heel. Yeah, people, people wanted us dead. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. That's better heat than I ever could get. Well, except for, except for my King of the Black Women. That, that one got wow. me a ton of, a ton yeah. of heat. Honestly, um, you fucking... Well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> we can do that some you, you, you and your race trader wife. Oh, God. <laughs> no, let's... You know what? That's the thing that we get asked about quite a bit. So let's let's go into that. I mean, we actually haven't hit that period uh, in our um, in our actual podcast. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I think it's going to be the one podcast I don't listen to. Oh no, you should. I think no. It's. It's. We have nothing negative to say about it. I know. I've always felt uncomfortable. You shouldn't though. And just. Well, the the whole point was that yeah, you did it, but I think one of the main problems with people in the world right right now is that people can't look at things with context. Right. Um, And I also think it's one of the reasons why you haven't had a memorable film come out in many many years you know there i mean people can say oh i love lots of modern movies but you i know, love end game <laughs> so, yeah, okay. yeah but like when was the last time there was like a really good villain that you hated and want to see eviscerated it's not like i agree you know you i i feel like a lot of actors uh, specifically go out of their way to protect their rep like you look at a film like the green mile and tom hanks had the script altered uh really he had it altered so that he didn't look terrible as a character, even though yeah. his character did a lot of really horrible things in the script before it was changed. Because he didn't want to look bad, but now you have guys who are protecting their brands, and no one's really a bad, bad guy. Wasn't you know? wasn't that movie set in, like, 1920? Yeah. Or something like that? So, like, he was the one woke white guy that was in the prison <laughs> system. It's like, come on, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> come on, try it, man. Yeah, man. So, like, when you, when you pitch the King of the Black Women stuff, one of the things that I'm just going to go ahead and say it is that there was supposed to be a complete arc, and we kind of did it, but we we rushed through it because there was an issue. We like, rushed through it, and we, and we, we had shifted... Uh, targets yeah we we were doing king of the black women and for those that don't know i am married to a black woman and i proposed to her at inspire pro at one of the i actually think you guys are about to hit that up on your next recording Mm. or the one after i think we already have oh you already have okay it's hard hard for me to remember what's aired because same we we record them in bundles Mm. so i never know what's air what's airing and and what's left in the can Right, um, but I know I know we we did touch upon it, but it was a great and touching moment. We talked about how how much it meant to us that you actually did it in our ring. Oh yeah, and I I knew I had to do it in Austin because, yeah. like I said, like our lives are tied together because of wrestling. Yeah, and so like I had to do it there because that's where we both really got our feet wet to like really work as people gave a shit about us. Um, but anyway, uh, just for context, uh, I'm married to uh, a woman of color or whatever term is appropriate nowadays. Uh, <laughs> it's like I, I got told that I shouldn't say uh, black 
anymore. And I was like, okay, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, I who don't. Told, who told you that? Uh, just, just somebody. They, and basically it wasn't like they were telling me, don't say this around me. It was like, you shouldn't say that. You should always say person of color. No. And I was like, that's, that's, that's too, that's too ambiguous. And then, no, that's, that's my thought is like, it feels like you're just separating everyone yeah. like white and then everyone else. I was always told don't say African American because not everybody. I was told that African-American, too. African American. So say black. Mm-hmm. This is silly. This is semantics. Yeah. We're getting anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. We're getting into like a yeah. whole bunch of social stuff just because I, I've always had these weird feelings for this king of the black women thing. And like, which is, I don't know why I, we ever, wanted to go forward with this. I was such an idiot was, for pitching it. It was funny. So like it had it was started funny to me. It was funny to me, but it was in the context of you being a heel. And Absolutely. I think that's really important to emphasize that you were supposed to have this very well uh, you were supposed to have an arc where it begins with you being a certain way and kind of realizing the error of your ways. Right. And it was supposed to be a tale of redemption. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that's also really lacking in um a lot of people's social politics now is that there aren't a lot of learning moments, but also if someone makes a mistake, very few people have uh, the tail to go out there and put a bullet in someone's head. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, what do you expect somebody to do if they've made a mistake? Do they not get uh, a moment to redeem themselves? Do they not, as a human being, deserve to uh, experience some sort of grace? I mean, I, I, really, I really don't know what people want from folks now, if we're not going to liquidate them, <laughs> right. yeah. exactly what yeah. do you want from it's like, people? Do you, let's just, if you guys want to be fascist, let's go ahead and do it already. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so, yeah, okay. Um, do you just want everybody who sucks to move to Idaho? I mean, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, also, like, half of you think this is great, by the way. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I'm getting mixed signals. Yeah. Um, so, like, and, and we wanted to do this because, uh, first of all, the King of the Black Women thing was uh, accidental. We mm. were I was talking to Roxy Castillo, who was my manager at the time, who I had, like, stolen during the middle of the Me Too movement. Yeah. You know, because I like these social storylines mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the world of wrestling. Because, like, in no other storyline or no other stuff are you going to be able to address current situations and then also have that person get their ass kicked in front of you yeah it's like that should be a rewarding feeling right so like wrestling should be the one place where you can do that anyway so this manager who i had abducted uh we were like trying to go over backstage like what we should say and i and i had i had thrown out something that like we had uh made a family joke at the house because i saw a family guy episode of like where Peter has to go uh, to like the black neighborhood and say the you know what word, and he comes back with a satchel that says King of the Black People. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> so I, I told Roxy, I was like, just call me King of the Black Women, like offhanded, just laughing, seeing if I can get it a crack because we're still getting to know each other. And she actually says it out there, and like you could see me go, but also oh the, my god, the, the crowd, the crowd response to that was everybody lost it. Oh yeah, it was it was everybody everybody just started like there were people with tears in their eyes. Yeah, and I will say that there I were, was one of them. I was like, I can't believe you just said that, <laughs> Roxy. Yeah. I was kidding. Yeah, but and, she's a stand-up comedian, so she's gonna say far worse. <laughs> so like, so then, but but we also when we came back with it. We decided. To, we decided. How about if we made a T-shirt? Because you're always we're always trying to figure out like how to monetize and sell things, right? Right. And yeah, you know, and, and sometimes the best jokes are the ones that don't come to fruition, I guess. <laughs> um, but we did that 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 Frank Frazetta style T-shirt of you. With a sword doing the Conan the Barbarian yeah. pose with I don't know how we, we touched on that. Yeah. But like I I we knew it had to be a misogynist, very like race like based character. Yeah. Uh and so like because I think we were using it as a tool for uh, Ivory Robin uh-huh. to come in and just basically trounce me constantly. Yeah. And like like this this idea this gimmick I was never really going to get anything in my matches I was never going to have like these spots where I was up I was literally just going to get the crap kicked out of me for five minutes yeah or something like that and then the rest would just be like me cutting a promo or something it wasn't going to last forever no it uh, was that, that, but uh, for those that don't know uh, Ivory Robin was um, a wrestler who was I believe out of Houston 
it, you know, it was really hard to tell because I was flying to and from yeah. Orlando, and she was in Orlando as well. Yeah, she was bouncing around a lot at that point. And like, man, she was really putting in a lot of hours. I was really proud of her. I really wish I could have. I don't know why she, uh, you guys had like stopped working together, but like I she, was really she hoping permanently moved to Orlando. Ah, uh, makes sense. And you know, not not to at all diminish her her you know importance or value or role in our company, but there comes a point where you cannot fly in a bunch of people. Yeah if they aren't going to make it up at the gate. You know, the the tickets have to pay for themselves. I mean, I'm also talking about a t-shirt King of the black woman and then questioning, why didn't she come back? (laughs) You know, like like, who knows how that upset the actual uh, people in the back. To be frank with you, we just simply couldn't have afforded to bring her in or back. It was just that simple. You know, I mean, we tried to even figure out Carlos from Orlando that would get her there, Mm -hmm. but it didn't, it didn't pan out. And also she had other opportunities as, wrestlers are wont to do at certain times Those jerks always yeah. trying to succeed and do this for yeah. a living but it was part of part of the game though creatively is yeah like kind of having to work around people but yeah it's it was terrible because yeah it was mainly designed the angle was designed to basically have you be this piece of crap and right. you get your comeuppance and uh, it's supposed to catapult this person who basically puts you in your place and uh we were also going to use uh uh massive mm-hmm. uh, and uh gino mm-hmm. and Thunder Rosa, and we used Cherry as well, right? Yeah, we were we were there was supposed to be a because I think I think Cherry was hurt when yeah. we initially started it, but he came back just in time to be involved. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was it, it was uh, it was basically about confronting the uh, vanguard of racist douchebags that yeah pretty much have a stranglehold on a lot of the promotions in Texas. Oh, still. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we just I actually just recorded an episode where we talked about how Inspire never really we had a, a lot of champions of color. Um, a lot of the people that have held titles in our company are people who are uh, not white necessarily, right. and it was not because that was our agenda, but rather we did it because we were basically just booking colorblind and those people just happened to be the most talented at the time. Yeah. No one no one no one can say otherwise. I mean, you look at Keith Lee. Yeah, when you when you bring up like Keith Lee, Terrell Tempo, ACH, it doesn't like how how can you think about the color of who they are no, they, when they they are so beyond being classified as like, oh, you're they're this ethnicity and this race is like they are just some of the best entertainers ever. Yeah. Like they're just that good. Like or and Albert. so like how can you so you look at Albert and that guy's an yeah. athletic freak, man. Yeah, he like is... how can you how can we like, oh, we gotta put this guy over so we can say we have a person of color as our champion. It's like, no, he just deserves to be the champion. <laughs> yeah, you look at him, he puts in the time, he he's charismatic as hell. I mean Yeah. You know, so it was never for us a question of, um, you know, trying to get get points. Right. You know? yeah. um, and then you look now, though, I remember I was talking to uh, T. Ray Watford, mm-hmm. and he said that, you know, you look at a lot of the companies out there in Texas right now, and they don't have people of color in any major angle. Mm-hmm. Or any major storyline, they don't get anything good. It's like if two or black the, guys, or they're all shoved together in a stable. Exactly. I hate that. So, exactly. which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do that gimmick is because I have I I have so many friends and loved and people I just I love that are black wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I cannot tell you every single one of them is shoved together with another black person in a tag team. It's like, are your gimmicks the same? No. Do you guys ride together from the same city? No. It's simply because, oh, they 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 look alike, brother. Let's go shove them together in a tag team. It's like that's bullshit. Ring of Honor, in my opinion, was notoriously lame for doing that. Yeah. Well, there's there's so many com- uh, companies yeah. that do that, and it it fucking pisses me off. It's the stupidest fucking thing because like you'll have like, oh fuck, who was it? Uh, it was Cedric and. It was it was ROH. Yeah. It was Cedric, and he was it wasn't Shane Taylor. Who was he teaming with? I don't I don't, I don't really watch wrestling too much. But Cedric is this one. Of those, <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't. Neither, I don't watch wrestling. Like you know, like I don't. I don't imagine well, actors like, watch like, their same movies. You know, that's that like, in. It's like what I, what I say is like you know, you, it's a lot like it's a lot like working at a pizza place. If you get sick of pizza, eventually yeah. you don't want to. You don't want to go home and and. <laughs> 
can't make a pizza if you were in a pizza shop all day. Yeah, like we used to, we used to, the old timers would be like, we can't make it the WWE if you don't watch the product, brother. And it's like, well, when they want to pay me six figures, I'll start watching the product and be a part of it. But I'm not. I have to deal with my own product. And I also want to watch Game of Thrones too, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you guys get to enjoy all the network TV. I don't. I got to sit here and watch wrestling for my, 12 hours my, a day. My time ain't free, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Cedric, who's like phenomenal athlete, athlete, not getting any breaks, and he's just constantly shoved in a in a tag team. Yeah, and, and I was like, this, I hate this shit. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And so, like, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this gimmick. Is so like these guys could like take out their day and all the bullshit stuff in wrestling that is so racist that yeah. like, they can just bring it to bring it to light while still doing it as part of a story. We really needed to have this moment where this person who exhibited this behavior and god bless you for falling on the sword um well i yeah we wanted you well you you well i mean to play that to play that character can be stigmatizing you know and and it kind of kind of was yeah for a while like i'm just now starting to get people to like not bring it up yeah and it's like you think they get a hint when they're constantly posting haha king of the black women on an unrelated post yeah and i'm never responding or their message or their comment gets deleted you think they'd pick up a hint after four years I think people. Yeah. I think people are are typically very. It's it's funny because people say that that you can't work anybody now, but I think uh, people b- bite into things hook, line, and sinker, and they don't understand that a character is just a character. Yeah, and maybe just maybe there was a light at the end of the tunnel in this instance where there was something that was a full storyline that was coming to fruition and that would have had a, a, a beginning and a conclusion and and it sucks that we didn't get to finish yeah it. like they don't they don't they're not going to know until now that like we had matched all the profits from it and donated it to the NAACP quietly you know what i mean we were like because like you can't do that in the middle of the storyline no and cuz then it gives it away because for some weird reason you guys now think wrestling's real and so we're like, I can't do this. However, you'll all go pay millions of dollars to go see Django, and you're not giving DiCaprio shit for saying the N-word and doing all this. I didn't say the N-word. I just said King of the Black Women and had a shirt that had me holding what looked like my wife, <laughs> <laughs> and like, which donated the profits quietly to NAACP so that I can get my ass kicked by people of color constantly and then come back and be like... Hey, uh, my Hispanic manager can be like, Matt, you can't, you have to change with the times. You can't say this stuff anymore like we used to, which is basically us showing how racist wrestling is. Yeah. Like, And so, like, yeah, you don't have to have the Orient Express in a tag team known as the Orient Express. <laughs> you know, like, we can't do that kind of stuff. And I'd be like, oh, I don't get it. I thought the whole point was to get people pissed off so that they can, they want to see me at the next show. And I'd be like, no, Matt, some things are... You know, well, some I mean, things are not worth or, that. Or, you know, I mean, we're, we're generally, we're talking about an industry where we were trying to use art to kind of yank yeah. the veil back. Mm-hmm. But look at what they did to Albert in NXT with that awful uh, Jordan Miles shirt. Yeah. You know, even if, even if, even if Much Ado was made about it and he knew that, that shit was coming, the fact that that design somehow wound up in front of anybody and nobody said shit mm-hmm. is pretty insane. Yeah. That's such a... And I'm on the outside looking in on that one. Yeah. And so, like, you see that, and then you hear all the nonsense. And I I don't know who's in the right or what happened, but I'm going to side with Albert. (laughs) Because, like, I'm going to side with him because there's enough people on the other side that should have caught that. They should have known better. Yeah. And, And, like, I don't care if, like, there's some story going around that, like, well, he said it's okay. We can do that. Because I heard that rumor, too. I don't, I don't. I don't know. And this is all shit I hear online. This is not somebody from the company going like, hey, Matt, here's the inside scoop. So, like, no, it's just just nonsense like that. Like, it's a billion-dollar company that has dozens and dozens of employees per uh, department. And then there's Albert. And it's like, I'm going to side with Albert. You know what? I'm just going to go with him. That's who I support. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well... I think I think we've addressed that, but, but oh yeah, yeah. sorry. I'm just gonna start rambling about no, different no, stuff. No, 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 no. I haven't we, talked we, to a human being in months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta thank Matt for coming down here. In fact, I, I was uh, I was walking my boys through the neighborhood, and he was commenting on uh, the episode that was released today, which mm-hmm. I believe was the Clash of the Bash two episode. Yeah. And uh, I said, man, we should just do an episode where you come down and talk because you, you're, you're ingrained in our, our history and our evolution at this point. I said, we should just shoot the shit and put it out as a special episode. And 
And I jokingly said, don't you get, you get in your fucking car? Let's do this. And he said, sure. I'm only four hours away. <laughs> um, I had just got done packing up my TVs because we're moving in a couple months. And I was like, I packed up a couple of TVs we had. And uh, and usually when I do that stuff, I usually list, if I'm not meal prepping yeah. um, list, uh, or, or packing up stuff, you know, that's basically all I do right now just getting the house ready to move and so i'm listening to your guys podcast and i'm like oh hey yeah oh here's a little detail about what happened this is like uh for one for an instance i think Biss said we didn't know matt was leaving the florida or he was injured and i was like no no, no i was leaving the florida like some little like yeah. that and it's just because i'm interested yeah so like yeah i'll take a three four hour drive to go talk about wrestling especially if it's a company i like i work for so many i hate <laughs> so like, i'm just like yeah man i'll talk about this this is cool yeah, but I, but uh, yeah. So I, I will say that um, I was always a big uh, Matthew Palmer fan, and when I began Inspire, as I've said, there were a, a handful of guys that I really wanted to uh, to give an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. I think you had guys like the Houston Carsons who are wait, is it Houston Carson or Carson yeah, Houston? Okay. That's Houston Carson. <laughs> I hate that. It's such a well. He went by Carson like the last like seven years of his career or something like that but, but yeah ken, I ken carson is was such a good name i know that it it's equated with barbie so it was like ken and barbie oh, when he was yeah, that's when he was right barbie he, what, hayden was he ken carson he was ken carson for that's a little right. bit and i ken think he hated that i think he must yeah. have just hated that whenever i heard ken carson i thought it just sounded like a badass gunfighter <laughs> okay like, i can see that i can totally I'm, see I'm that i'm pretty sure that there was a ken carson in the good the bad and the ugly and i played so by charles bronson or something <laughs> yeah know, so. so so anyway um i, I there, know he's not in that there are guys like carson and <laughs> carson who now runs lion's pride mm-hmm. uh guys like that because they have such a definitive uh stereotypical i should say uh, wrestler look that guys like that they're going to get a million opportunities but mm-hmm. i think that there are a lot of people who have unconventional looks who are very talented uh such as yourself oh, thank you, you you know like you're not the the typical like brian cage looking dude you know right i'm but, trying but i can't quite do it man <laughs> it's like i've been trying for 21 years so what i really liked about you though was um there was a brilliance to you as a performer um and I think you were the first guy that I really talked to in the business who very much separated himself from what he did in the ring. It, it, it always felt like I was talking to an actor defining his character. Right. And and so I and I know I know you have a, a background in theater. Is that correct? Yeah, I I, um, I I acted in high school. It was my major in college, and then for a couple of years, a group of us literally created our own troupe, and we rented out or not rented out. Sorry, we we bought this old rental van. Uh, that not like U-Haul, but like one of those box yeah. trucks type things, and like we would put like all the loo on, all the props, all the set in there, and we had hammocks so that we could sleep in there because most of the time we couldn't afford a hotel room, and we would just go to like these nursing homes or these elementary schools, and sometimes we get like an actual theater and like all this kind of stuff, and we try putting on plays, and we tried that for a couple of years. I lived this like weird bohemian kind of like <laughs> want to be bohemian wow. life. You were a dirty hippie, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> I was an abstinent. Uh, no drinking, no drugs, dirty hippie. <laughs> so, like, you know, and so like I did that, and then I became a wrestler. And so like, when you hear these characters, like, and then you turn into a complete dirtbag. A complete dirtbag. I do all the drugs. <laughs> so like, is that? Oh, where are all the loose women at? Uh, no, like when I became a wrestler, I I thought it was. like a work like you have to play a character or a gimmick why would you want to be yourself if it's myself turned up to 11 it's just going to be the guy struggling to be a pro wrestler like what personality am i developing i've been doing this my entire time i feel like uh i feel like a lot of people that i encounter who 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 are who are wrestlers Mm -hmm. tend to um they say that they're guarding their brand but really it's them guarding their ego their their ego their ego is very much married to uh their character there is no mm-hmm. character there is no separation so when i first met you i really loved you because i when i said earlier that you were the guy that fell on the sword a lot of the time what i loved about you is that you realize that when you were telling a story that sometimes there has to be a loser and there has to be a bad guy yeah and uh i always really enjoyed that about you it wasn't you trying it wasn't you complaining about losing well a character a character or a person for that matter cannot develop without feeling failure and loss and like the world if you're going to be a wrestler and you're going to do an angle where you lose uh you lose the big angle do you want it just to be like oh i lost and then next week i get a 
come up with a new angle and fight somebody, or can you turn it into a, a story of man versus self? Right. It's like it's always man versus man in in wrestling. It's this guy versus this guy. It's never man versus self, which is such a it's just such a story. Like if anyone knows about stories, it's you. Like that's a story that can be done with the right people, and you should totally do that. They're sometimes better than the man versus man struggles. One of my favorite things about our company is that if you look at certain people within the company. Um, you can follow the trajectory of their character from day one mm-hmm. up until now, and mm-hmm. it, it there's no moment where they disappear and then come back and yay, you know they're a good guy. Yeah. I I always I I hate that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, you know what? Sometimes people are going to get a pop when they come back, but I'm not the kind of guy that that thinks that that's appropriate. One of the one of my favorite things that we did was when uh, Andy Dalton sort of made that 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 turn at Tagcade. Right. And uh, Steve-O was very much like, I don't care if they're cheering you now. I'm not going to forget what you did a year ago. And that was awesome. Yeah. That's, and not, and, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to toot your horn here. Like, like, that's only something that Inspire would do. You do that at ACW, you do that at any other uh, place, they're more likely going to be like, oh, well, they're a tag team next week because they're both baby faces. Yeah. And I was like, like we tr- like those three of us, Steve-O, Dalton, and myself, by the end of that feud, which, by the way, we had developed all that stuff and we had merged it together. And we have, think we had it as the final blow off the street fight yeah. of Steve and I that mirrored Andy and I that was happening before Steve and Andy. And yeah. so, like, we had, like, developed all these characters and we hated each other. And so it did not matter what side of the fence we were on. If it didn't, like, if. Uh, if Steve was a baby face, I was a baby face, and Andy was a baby face, like we had it in that battle royal, mm-hmm. it did not matter because I was ready to slit his throat. He was do the same thing to me. It's like, which is what would happen in real life. And like, so like, and only Inspire would do that. No one else would do things well, like and, this. And one of the things that one of the things that I don't know if I necessarily got over with you, but one of the things that I really liked was that once you had developed a sort of purity amongst the fans in terms of how they perceived you. Mm-hmm. And when Andy entered your uh, your your uh, particular area, mm-hmm. there was a part of you that started to it that switch. Bit, there, he rubbed off on you a bit as a character. Mm-hmm. I really love the fact that Andy came in and and tainted. <laughs> tainted Matthew Palmer a little bit. Which you, is funny because I had been a heel so many times in that yeah. point, and that did not matter. There was mm. still some purity, childlike wonder about my character. Yeah. But when Andy came in, he was like that frat boy, like, first day of college, I got hooked up with the wrong guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, it, yeah, I mean, to me, it... it there, 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 there's an evolution. And you look at JoJo, too. JoJo... Yeah, I was going to mention that. I didn't want to interrupt you, but, like... You had you guys had developed, uh, and I know JoJo has a big part of this, but like I felt like you had more of you led the way on this. Is like yeah. he's had the longest storyline of developing himself as a person. Yeah, he no one else has the ups and downs that the planned ups and downs that JoJo has. Yeah, as far as creating a character, like even my character gets stagnant because I have a lot of say in my character, and like we, you and I will butt heads a lot. And, like, it's always a compromise. But, like, JoJo, I guess he's better than me. He just, he was like, yeah, let's do it, Max. Let's let's well, effing do it. And no, then, like, his I character mean, is so cool and rounded. We, we butt heads, too, because there are times where, you know, things go funny. For example, when MGF, uh, MGF entered the picture. Um, See, was, I, was, I was gone at this point. I hadn't really been on shows yeah. where uh, Max was there or MJF was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... There was a point where I was starting to see if I could get people to cheer for JoJo. Cause, mm-hmm. and, and I did. I yeah. there, There's a point where I had him cutting promos on MJF. And I, I was like, okay, this this is fine. And people are cheering and people are getting behind him. But wouldn't it be so great if you took all that goodwill and just motherfuckered the crowd? <laughs> and JoJo was like, yes, yes. <laughs> well, you, yes. Love, you love doing that, which is, which is brilliant. Yeah. Because, like, it takes a lot of balls to, like, 
give the crowd what they want and then take it away immediately. Because a lot of guys would be like, give them what they want, send them home happy, and then now we can use that, take it away from them at the next show to sell more stuff. And everybody go, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> We're no. doing it now? I want those motherfuckers sad when they go to their car. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Want, I want, that's the hook. I mean, yeah. if, if you get the whole fucking enchilada, exactly. there's no reason to come back. There's nothing compelling, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there are some really great moments all through our shows where it ends on this, like, huge cliffhanger almost. Mm-hmm. But you have to have that Empire Strikes Back moment. Right. People have to people have to go home and be like, I need to see that guy get fucking murdered. Right. You know? Yeah, it's not it's not a movie. No. Uh and it like a lot of wrestling I think needs to turn into like a TV show or a movie where we all understand and maybe there's credits at the end so these yeah. idiots stop thinking I'm I'm really this person cuz I played a serial killer as a character no one thought that was real. And so <laughs> you know what I mean, but like that stuff right there is like you have to sell the next show. It's never going to end. There's no season finale. No. And uh and so like you can't have that big blow off uh 12th film where everyone comes back like an end game. You have to no. kind of leave it on a note where like there's more to come. You can't just stand there and the entire roster is putting you on their shoulders. We still got to sell tickets the next week and the next month and stuff. I think I think uh I think one of the worst things is that people I think a lot of people who are behind the scenes in pro wrestling hate pro wrestling. I think that they look at it as being for stupid people. And I think a lot of that is ingrained in their mentality right down to their their vernacular using carny speak like mm-hmm. mark. People still use that term and it is so ugly because I think I think it's ugly because to call someone a mark is to to kind of insist that they are gullible. And so people don't create products that are smart smarter because they don't feel like they they have to i think that they look like oh we're gonna we're just doing we're doing this for the marks brother mm-hmm. you know see so, yeah, i'm with you as far as like i want to talk about the marks thing later because i like i'm so torn on the on the term uh but i, I want i want to talk about it later but like but like i'm with you as far as like the people who write for wrestling and create wrestling i think they are selling themselves short and their own company short because they think wrestling only attracts like the low brow, toothless, uh, fat people. Like don't that stink and smell. You know what I mean? Like I've heard all these negative things about I'm right these here, fans. man. Jesus Christ. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you just lace up a pair of brute boots, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Might happen, man. Good, good. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, like then you get people who. God bless them. Uh, just rehash the same storylines that they saw on TV ten years ago, mm-hmm. because they they don't think fans are smart enough. And like, oh, they like this on TV. I'm sure these three like three hundred people are going to like the same thing with smaller guys. <sighs> you know, I I always hear people say shit like it's all been done. No, it hasn't. It hasn't been done. No. It, you know, you know, it hasn't been done when somebody does something new mm-hmm. and everyone hates it. Because they don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. And then they stop and look and they can, somebody can pull them back a little bit. And they'd be like, oh, that actually was pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it wasn't just tag partner turns no. on his his guy and then they I think, feud. I think a lot of the storylines that I take are actually very much rooted in a lot of Japanese cinema and, and westerns. Because mm-hmm. to me, when I, look at, when I look at wrestling, I see westerns. Yeah, and I think one of the greatest stories, that, and it, it and it went over to to it's it's kind of transcended from samurai film into a western, but Yojimbo, which became mm-hmm. a fistful of dollars, and that is the story of a guy, a lone guy who shows up in a town where there are these two feuding factions, and these two feuding factions are have just made the town barren because all they do is fight and rip shit up, and so then this guy comes shows up, and nobody knows whose side he's on. But he's doing all these things to manipulate other people mm-hmm. in in the town, and so he's turning these guys on these guys. But he's just stepping back and just letting them fucking kill each other. I saw that movie for the first time a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I was like, "This is great." That's because a, that's a great wrestling storyline. It really is. Has anybody ever done it? No, no, no. Because um, it would always be like blown by these like very ham-fisted kindergarten play like backstage segments where like yeah. you know this guy's like he's practically winking at the camera look what i'm doing mm-hmm. rather than just let, letting subtly uh, subtlety fly which i think is a problem in wrestling is that no one's subtle about it like real quality acting isn't this big look at me i'm so evil like let the back row see it type bullshit <laughs> and i was like dude there's already like a tron that's bigger than the ring that they're looking at use subtlety people it, it feels real mm-hmm. you know yeah 
anyway. <laughs> just like but let, let me let me ask if, you. If only people pushed as pushed as as much in terms of like studying theatrical mm-hmm. stuff as they do being in the gym. I think I think mm-hmm. I think there should be, to me the be, the best wrestlers who are also tragically really unappreciated tend to be Hey Waffles. Oh, hey sweetie. I'm I'm getting a uh, getting okay. pit bulled right now. Oh yeah. Hey waffles. Hold on waffles. Let me let me sweep down here. Apparently dogs love me. Yeah. Well, she loves everybody. I'll just sit here with her. I'll just ruin that. Yeah. I thought I was special. <laughs> she loves everybody. You dumb fuck. Yeah. Sorry man. <laughs> fuck you, Matt. You're nothing. <laughs> Look, man, it's my struggle every day. <laughs> um. When you write storylines, because I've heard you, we've talked about it before, and I've heard the podcast. You you like to plan about a year and a, a year ahead. Yeah. Uh, do you write it based on like what you would like a TV show, like it's a serial, or do you write it as in like I want these moments, or do you just think I want this, and then I want to see if it looks good before I write the next part of the chapter? So this is interesting, and it's a, it actually kind of uh, my my approach stems from my experience pitching for television shows mm. and I've had several jobs where I had a, a manager who landed me a gig pitching to write for a television show and one of the things that you have to do is you have to show that you can get the turd to syndication which means you have to write basically about five years worth of plots Damn. to show that you can do it just enough to get the syndication <laughs> no so I, I did a, I did a gig for Sony and I had to basically write I had to write five seasons, mm-hmm. not entirely, but just like the the, like the, bu- the bullet points. Yeah, the outline. So I had to do, I had to show like uh, bullet points for 24 episodes times five oh my to God. show that I could get to syndication. No, don't make me do math. Just say a yeah. lot. Just say, a I'm, lot. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You, you already know that's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I had to write a character Bible. I had to have my main characters there. One of the things that I like to do at Inspire is I like to have all of my, uh, all of my mean streets kind of intersect. There are a lot of moments where things kind of roll over into one another. People cross paths. This this tumbleweed tornado of brawling will get somebody else from some other angle will get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to intersect and I like to weave and I like to intertwine things. But yeah, I, I plan out things pretty far in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would say I even had like in the first year talking to Biss, like I said. We're gonna start it this way, but this is how it should all fucking end. I okay. think we even had an we even had. I, th- I think I can talk about this now, but we had a plot, and I think you and I talked about it where you ultimately ultimately wound up killing the company. You we, we we had yeah because I remember we did something where I had killed the company, like inadvertently. Yeah, like because uh and and. So I like to do all my characters where they always have a flaw. Mm-hmm. When I was the male model character, my flaw was obviously vanity. Uh, but but we had solidified during that Andy Dalton feud that my flaw was pride mm-hmm. for this new character. And, like, it was also my greatest strength is, like, he would not give up. No one beats Matt, not even Matt. No, you're, like, you're like Marty McFly in Back yeah. to the Future 2 where, like, no one can call you chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, anyway, I, I forget what tangent I was going on. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were Probably ta- gotta stop smoking we, this. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking. We were talking about. Um, we were talking about how uh, we had. I had envisioned an ending. Ultimately, right? An yeah, ending oh, yeah. I had. Cat- I had inadvertently uh, uh, ruined the company yeah. because of my pride. Yeah. And like, I wasn't trying to do it as like the heel. And then we talked about something where like I wanted to like kill off my character, like just yeah. die. And it was like, uh, I don't know, Matt. And then Impact did it like on TV, like two years later, where they killed somebody. I was like, I told you guys it'd be fine. <laughs> so, like, really do it. It was just we, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, but we had like these wild things because things eventually have to come to an end, right? Yeah. And so you think it's an indie show. We know what we are. All no of financial all, struggles. We this might come to an end. Let's make it fucking Oscar worthy. All, all of my write ups always had a bunch of weird cataclysmic imagery for them. Good. You know, they were there was always about how like there would there's always birth and then there's death and then there's rebirth. And I say that like the world has experienced eight great cataclysms and so would inspire. I said stuff okay. like that all the time. But you know, there what? were times where we were like, yeah, you know, if we're going to end it, let's wrap it up, but we need to go out like What was what was the uh 
the story to kill off the company that you really always stuck to? Because I know you, you probably have a million different ideas, but like, what's the one that always came to forefront? I don't really remember. I, I had a million of them, and I don't remember any of them specifically. I know that there was supposed to be some other... I was going to try and just get some other company to get involved. Uh, okay. That would ultimately end up just kind of crushing us. My know? God, if we could have like gotten Darren to That's, finally come on board, yeah. that would have been great. We actually just talked about that on one of the episodes that we recorded, where how when Ricky came out and squashed Andy in that god awful uh, fade to black uh, match, that I said, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. I feel bad because I remember you you bringing it up in the podcast prior, yeah. and I feel bad because I was. I was supporting them all the way. I was like, fuck it. Do it. Because I like, like take a risk. Fuck it. I mean, because if it pays off, it's going to be great. The problem is you're going to swing and miss a lot more and you're going to hit the home run. Yeah, <laughs> so like, that, but that was that was that. Well, the, the thing is, is that I don't they think also I'm... had like built up this feud for a while. Like oh, we needed yeah. Ricky to have that struggle, that that match struggle that embodied the entire storyline in one match. Well, Fade to Black was a show where I decided that no one else was going to fuck up a show but me. Because <laughs> the thing is, is that like, when I started booking the company, the whole principle was that, hey, let me have the book for the first show. And I did it, and then uh, I, get, I got to run so long as I didn't fumble. I had to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And once everything kind of started to go along, move along pretty pretty well with solid momentum, this was just like, go for it. Mm-hmm. And he would just kind of interject and say, well, what if we had this little flourish? And i go, cool. It's very simple the way that we booked the company, but it was mostly me just like writing everything up because also so many people are so, uh, how do you say? Assholes. <laughs> no, indes- no just, just indes- assholes, yes, but indecisive assholes. Oh, I'm right and there I, with you. I'm I, one of them. I was I'm always the guy that would go, what's up with the venue? What's up with the card? I would always go, okay, well, you're going to drag your feet. Fuck you. I'm going to do it. But Fade mm-hmm. to Black was this thing where I started to kind of let people get in my ear a bit too much well it was also guys that like had like nailed it as like you gave them scripts you gave them characters and ricky and andy nailed it yeah and so it was like okay you guys getting a little bit more leeway uh, you did the same with me and then when it's starting to suck you're like all right pull back come back come back <laughs> it's like you know it's like well, we're not gonna do that again listen thing, to me my thing was that you can't first they, they made a lot of mistakes like working the ref yeah. stupid idea you don't work the ref okay I don't. Uh, I don't even remember the match. Honestly, yeah. I just remember it was there short. Wasn't a match. And like, yeah, it was. It was. It was just like it was. It was like a minute, right? Not even. No. It okay. was like a Daniel Bryan, Sheamus thing. Where it just it really was that short. It was, just, it was yeah, like it was the like, twenty second short. Boom, oh, okay. finisher. Okay. And pin, but the ref pulled up at the last second because he didn't. <sighs> he didn't know that that's what the finish was supposed to be. Oh my god! Because they I just hate said, that so much. Yeah, and the ref was like not necessarily. He wasn't a good ref. So, at that point, he didn't realize that no matter what, fucking count it. Like, mm-hmm. he, they just took for granted that he knew that. Yeah. He was a ref that had been foisted on us. And after that, I remember the guy got in the car and, like, took off, like, from the ring which, to the car. Which ref was that? I don't even remember. It was just some guy that was there that uh, had been heavily recommended to us. And uh, we had no refs. Was uh, it Mar- Was it Marty? No, it wasn't Marty. Because like I remember, I remember Marty bought something, and then the next show, I said, "Hey, hey, Marty, I want you to like when he kicks out the last second, I'm just gonna nail you because I feel like the crowd's gonna get a pop out of it." And he did. Like I did it, and the crowd's like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck that ref." And I was like, "Maybe it was Marty. I guess it was. Yeah. I guess it was somebody that never came back." No, yeah, it was someone who never came back. Yeah. Um, that that's a job that it takes far more effort than anyone will ever know. That mm-hmm. referee job. A, a good referee has to be able to play a game of telephone with not just the wrestlers, the guy in his ear. He also has to read the room as well to tell these wrestlers, like, hey, I know you guys think this is great, but go the fuck home. It's been 25 minutes. It's and the second match on also, my match you also card. have to kind of be invisible at the same time when exactly. wearing fucking stripes. <laughs> exactly. And uh, not get probably any respect from like the more inexperienced wrestlers yeah it's like no oh, that's great you're a five foot six referee trying to make everyone else look big so you have to be small and then you got these six foot three green as shit angry dudes trying to take their day out on you because you didn't call the spot back properly or you didn't get the times right and so like it's it sucks there's no pop for them there's nothing no. it's just like hey hey here's a techie who has to go out there and be a performer 
<laughs> he's treated like shit the entire time by everybody. So it's it's a it's a hard job. Yeah. So it, it's hard knocking referees sometimes. But when well, they pull this, up on the count, God damn it, <laughs> make yeah, me so that mad. Was, that was still that was still I think to to a large degree it was the fault of the workers for working the ref. Like he, you know, right. just tell yeah. him what you're fucking doing, man. It's not hard. But that that whole show. Oh, that, so they they just flat out didn't tell they him. They didn't tell him. They just said oh. they just said count the finish. But he didn't know when the finish was coming. Yeah. He, he thought he he thought wait this is the main event. Espe- especially indie wrestling where there's like a million fucking falsies every match. Yeah. Sometimes you got to tell these guys is like stop you don't need twelve falsies you're the third match on well, an eight match card. I, stop. I learned a lot from you talking oh, to you. One of the things that you really emphasized to me and I think really changed the strategy of my booking was uh, just listening to you, I decided that the hot opener was the best way to always open a show not to do some dark match not to do some curtain jerker shit where you're gonna throw two like fucking you know green green is a pool table and just a square type dudes in there to just fuck it up and and like right people people who are coming to your show for the first time that is your 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 opportunity to make the best impression that you fucking can it's it's the pilot it's the pilot. Yeah. Do you want this to get picked up? Then yeah. you got to make this good. Yeah. So you don't you don't throw you don't throw the bums out there to you know roll around in their own garbage. Why so, would you Why would you trust the yeah. rookies? So from <laughs> yeah no seriously from from you I always learned you know first of all if you if you have somebody who has weaknesses put them in the ring with someone that can cover that up uh, and then beyond that also just the ebb and flow and the rhythm of the card. And to me, Fade to Black was a card that didn't obey any of the rules that I had actually mm-hmm. deciphered from a lot of the, the conversations that you and I had had. Yeah. You know, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. And I said, hey, if we're going to do this, let's do this here. And everybody said, no, including you, you motherfucker. Yeah, um, I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> no, okay, so like that night, what I had said was, I don't think that this, this is going to be good. Okay. Right, and I said, "Look, if you, I if, feel like that's verbatim because that feels like that was ringing in my ear." Yeah, it's like that sounds so, about it. So I said, "No," but that night when when Ricky and Andy, uh, uh, they pitched it, and you were standing there going, "Yeah, man, fuck yeah!" I said, "Look, I said if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna do the title change, we're gonna do it this way. Let's open the show with it." And mm. everybody said, eh. "And I'm like, look, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna have like a non-match and mm. you want a feel-good moment, start the show with it. Don't end the show with a match that." doesn't happen that people are really looking forward to mm. because that first match that Andy and Ricky had had was phenomenal it mm-hmm. was it was a oh they had a prior match they had a prior match and it was during the first year and uh, it was great and it was one of those matches that people talked about a lot and people always said I really want to see that match again so when we began to build Damn. Ricky up to that uh, Ricky Andy part two mm-hmm. nobody got that and everybody was like what the fuck was that because also the ref fucked it up and then Ricky came out with uh, both belts. Mm-hmm. He came out well. He came out with the ACW belt, and right. Andy had our belt. So it really felt like he was putting his belt over ours and making us look really inconsequential by being the ACW champ, beating the Inspire champ, and then holding up both belts. It really felt oh. like a kind of middle finger. It felt like a fuck you to me. Really, you know what I mean? I don't feel like I don't feel like that was the case. I think it's one of those things. Just like Steph, look at me, I'm yeah. the champion of texas i'm everyone's damn well you know there was a lot of resentment toward us and a lot of people were very oh i know darren so people i was in that locker room when they came over and shit talked inspire and all that kind of stuff so you know uh, to me that's how it looked and it definitely looked that way to a lot of the fans perception is reality i suppose so i can see that problem so like i love ricky so much that like i would like he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever he's one of the he's one of the wrestlers that made me start the company you and him he's he's he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like one time he came backstage from his match. I can't remember who he wrestled. I don't want to say it was Effie, but it was somebody else. And he came back and he was in tears. And I go, are you okay, man? He goes, no, uh, I'm fine. But when I'm in there, I get myself worked up enough for the character that it's hard for me to come back emotionally for a bit. And I was like, holy shit, you sound like some of the phenomenal actors I ran across my yeah. day. And I was like, you were... I love that guy. Yeah. One time I got a call from Adrian in the middle. I had that street fight with Steve-O where we pulled up the mats and we got, we did all the crazy stuff. And my wife calls me to check and see if Ricky was okay. 
because like he had done a sell so well that she was like I thought I thought that was real and I was like motherfucker I'm hurt hands, <laughs> so, hands, like, hands down Ricky's one of the best sellers I've absolutely. ever seen period absolutely not, not even just like for a local guy mm-hmm. not just period he's one of the best sellers I've mm-hmm. ever seen and, in my and life it's because like like we like he he lets himself be vulnerable. Yeah, he's he's the he's the protagonist who is willing to eat crow, have his face kicked in the mud, so that when he comes back up, it feels like something. In and a like, lot in a lot of ways, he's very much. And I hate saying this. You can tell me if you don't want me to to say the name because I'm supposed to avoid certain topics. He is the anti Cena. He's the reason why. He is the reason mm-hmm. why I don't like Cena because you see Cena just get his ass kicked and then he pops back up just that like you right. know well he's himself off Cena like, Cena plays the Superman which is uh, archetype which some people love but like a lot if, of people don't like it a though. lot of but like that's the thing like enough people love it and enough people hate it to where whoever wrestles him it's it's great whereas like mm. Rick well it's great for business as in like anyone but Cena and so like it doesn't matter who you shove up it could be the worst wrestler you're like yeah you know I'll cheer for Kali this week you know (laughs) so like it's that kind of (laughs) kind of thing you know Um, but like whereas whereas Ricky's come in there and it's like it's like watching Gary Oldman yeah he like it's like it's like watching Gary Oldman show show up in uh, Miss uh, Captain Marvel yeah and it's like Okay, something's like this guy is too good to be here. There, there, kind of there was a there was a stretch where we were doing like I think there were, every show that we did when we came back to Marquez after it had been rebranded AFS, every show that we did, Ricky had match of the night. Oh yeah. There was nobody and and, and it was I And saw I couldn't him, tell you one single move he ever did, but I can tell you the emotions he created. Yeah. That's how good he is. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I really. But but kind of going back to the point, like sorry, I, sorry. no, I, I really, I really did kind of want to do something at one point where uh, Darren would have either absorbed us or killed us, mm-hmm. and I really love that idea. But as you know, that guy is very obtuse, man. He yeah. doesn't want to play. He's he's one of those guys that's like it's it's so complicated uh, relationship, and yet it the interactions are always so simple. But like just going back and thinking about it i remember the times where like i've had like these awful days just awful awful years of wrestling and then like i would break down and i would talk to him and call him and i would just be broken down crying and darren just like it's okay man we'll get you through it and and, like he was very supportive and like it's one of those reasons why i was always loyal sorry i keep playing with the wires that's okay um it's one of those reasons like i I was always so loyal is because darren gave me a chance when no one else did and then of course there's always these negative stories too and so it's 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 really weird because like he's one of those guys well, I've had a few know, of them but no, like he's no, like a mentor. People, human beings are kind of yeah. They're, they're, they're not they're really good and evil. It's just yeah. people. Yeah, you know. Uh, and so like, there's I, I try to get him so many times to come over and do these angles with us because I was like, man, why are we fighting? It's Austin. Like this this town is like a unique town in the middle of this state. And it's like let's let's we can work together. There's no reason not to. Let's do something cool, please. What I remember when the whole belt thing happened, and my idea was to kind of pave it over. What I wanted to do was ha- start using some of the ACW mainstays who hadn't yet crossed over, mm-hmm. and I wanted to have Darren come in and basically have a string of matches to build up to a title shot with Ricky. Mm-hmm. And um, I really wanted to portray him as being a big shit deal like really tr- like give him like a big thing ultimately he would have been there to uh help build ricky up or to win the acw title from ricky on our show that's really what i wanted mm-hmm. but then he said yeah 500 bucks complete creative control and i'm like get the fuck <laughs> out of here man like it was just he just he was just so still been out of shape that i dared to talk shit to him you know yeah but yeah. i and i you know what's funny is like i actually if i bring up I'm sitting in front of my computer. Mm. If I were to go to my, if I were to go to my my inbox and Gmail, and on my Facebook Messenger, the last two messages that I sent him, on either, are apologies for anything that I might have done mm-hmm. to perpetuate this bad blood, and saying like I would like to have you at one of our shows just to experience it. I would like to bury the hatchet. He never responded. Yeah. He read them but didn't respond. So I've always tried to be the bigger guy in, yeah. in the situation, but. Um, you know, I, I still to this day wish there was something we can just like let's just squash all this nonsense because like at the end of the day it's wrestling which it's such a niche market uh, and genre that we're like 
can we get over this, man? We just yeah. want to perform and work together. We just want to bring smiles to people's faces through the act of That's what's violence. always been great about our relationship with heavy metal and yeah. sabotage and Kiefer, yeah. Kiefer's thing. And, you, and know, you guys you guys were like super welcoming to like Wrestle Circus when they oh, came yeah. in and like went out of your way to like help them out as much as you could without like practically doing the work for them. And then there's ACW, this lone company that just didn't want to work. And I was like, ah. <laughs> it's like this entire company is spawned from ACW in a way. They would have benefited too, I absolutely, think, from from participating in anything that we had to do. And and it was never about me. Like I wasn't like Vince trying to bring in like yeah, somebody, we're not trying to, to take over the territories. Yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck man. You know, they, if he wanted to book himself spitting in my face, I would have done it. Yeah, you know, as long as there's people there to do it, why not? Yeah, it's kind of like also people how watch, I mean. like River City, like you know, Brandon having issues with us after Sammy talked all that smack. You know, <sighs> yeah. we had that we had that situation where uh, Sammy quit RCW in our ring, and you know, all the RCW guys scooted out, and Brandon was furious and acted like we put him up to it, and like we were stooging him, and I'm like, no man, I wouldn't have done that because that actually led to uh, one of his wrestlers leaving the show. Uh, very hurriedly and just sleepwalking through his match and cutting something down from ten minutes to two minutes. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was Kong. It, it was uh, awesome. Yeah, it was. It uh, was. Um, it, no, no, it was a uh, Honky Kong and Honky uh, Kong. Great Honky. Depression. I wanted to say Congo Kong, and I was like, no, that's that's <laughs> no. that's not Honky right. Kong and Great Depression, and it was this match that that Biss had gone down, and you know we built up for several months. You know he'd gone down to RCW with our guy and we built this up and then like this main event that we planned or sub main event rather wound up being this two minute fart mm-hmm. and it's like why the i promoted the shit out of this you think i would have put effort into this if i known that that was what was going to happen but anyway i saw that on the i saw that on the wall and i'm like brandon people are talking about both of our companies man mm-hmm. we could make money off mm-hmm. this and we could really put ourselves up there and get to- we're like we're like the hot topic yeah people thought it was a work yeah why not work it and I, it's not like we're fighting over different fans. It's practically the same faces I'm seeing in all these different shows. If, yeah. if it's like within a certain radius, I know all these people for the last 14 years, which is another reason why my character was such like this youthful, like lovable character. It's because you guys practically saw me grow up in front of you guys. Yeah. And so like that's why like oh, I really like Matt. I know he's out there threatening to kill Andy Dalton with a knife, but I still <laughs> just love Matt. There's something about him. And I was like, yeah, it's because you guys practically raised me in, in your own eyes <laughs> um, I think that's it for now we'll be back with part 2 at another date thanks for joining us on Inspire AD say goodbye Matt bye guys and I just want to let you know that we're just going to continue filming this on the same day we're not actually leaving so <laughs> <laughs> kayfabe brother <laughs> I hate you